This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. about anything or anyone. Well, that remarkable thing happened after the Penguins game last night. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. Penguins lost to the Bruins 2-1. to one. The Penguins also lost Evgeny Malkin to an injury that there was no update from Mike Sullivan. There rarely is. He just said they're going to evaluate him and that it's a lower body injury, which is odd considering he was hit in the upper body, but one never knows. And the Penguins also lost at some point in that 24-hour span, Teddy Bluger to a longer-term injury, and I'm quoting Sullivan on that one. And then they lost Brandon Tanev (laughs) to a mythical major penalty that if you read the rule book, the NHL rule book, the one that referees are assigned to read, the one that people at the NHL's player Safety department, notice I have a hesitation, a natural hesitation when I include the word safety in that particular department. If you're those people, you would presume that they they read this thing. The rule itself about what constitutes a clean check is, is black and white. You You can't be hitting people from behind. You can't be shoving them into the boards if you see their numbers. Uh, If you're coming from side to side, you still need to take an angle that's to the front. And what Tanev did to Jared Tenorti of the Bruins was to check him front-facing. There's no, sometimes these things are ambiguous. Front-facing. He's looking square at him. And he gets him. He's coming full speed, although he's coming at a curve, so you couldn't even call it a charge. And Tenorti himself is moving, so you definitely couldn't call it a charge. But what ends up happening is Tenorti's, he's angling a little bit off balance. You sometimes see defensemen do that when they're going to do a hard dump into the offensive zone. They do that last-second lean. Well, he did. He did that lean. And Tanev hit him on that lean, which happened 
pretty much coincidentally with Tanev's arrival to the point of contact. Can't believe I'm even discussing this. Like, this isn't even interesting. But what ends up happening is that Tenorti, you know, goes down. He gets hurt because he goes backward and he goes into the boards. The hit was far enough away from the boards that boarding just doesn't apply unless you're being crazy literal about, you know, made contact with the boards. Tenorti was actually further away from the boards than Evgeny Malkin was earlier in the game when Tenorti hit Malkin with a hit that everyone, everywhere, to my knowledge, acknowledged was completely clean because it was. Gino was caught in a bad spot. Tenorti sized him up, came in shoulder to chest, and really got him. You don't like to see it because you don't like to see anybody get hurt. But there was nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with the hit. Gino was closer to the boards. The difference was Gino hadn't put himself in some weird, awkward position in full motion and allowed himself to get plowed into the boards. That's, that's, that's it. Beginning and end of analysis. Almost, almost. Because wait, what matters more out of this isn't the hit itself or whatever. There's not going to be any repercussions. If anything, they're going to take another look at this thing and they're not even going to issue a fine or anything. But what does matter is that the people involved, maybe even the referees involved, don't fully comprehend the NHL's current guidelines regarding what constitutes a clean hit or not. There are rules and there are guidelines. Rules is what's in the book. Guidelines is what they tell you verbally, hey, listen, that's like the numbers thing. If you see the numbers, lay off. That's a guideline. That's not a rule. Here's what Sid had to say after the game. Um, you know what? I haven't I haven't seen it a ton. I saw one quick replay. I didn't think he had any intent there. Um, I hope Tenorti's okay. He went in pretty awkward, but I don't think there was any intent. I thought he, you know, he hit him clean. He hit him, uh, you know, timely as far as the puck being there. Um, he did go in awkwardly, so uh, you never like to see that. But I, you know, I didn't think that it it warranted a five minute. Um, you know the refs are out there. They're trying to protect us and keep us safe. I get it. I can I can see them trying to do that, but um, I didn't I didn't see it that way. And uh, you know, unfortunately, we had to go down. We got a big kill there, but I hope he's okay. And I uh, hope his players we can get some clarity on what what's a good hit and what's not. I mean, it's uh, it's tough to really gauge when you're out there. I know it's fast, but um, right now it's it's really hard to to know what. What is in fact clean and what's not, and when you're out there playing, it's it's important that you do. It's pretty rare in the Zoom call era to get the same player made available to you in back-to-back games. I don't understand why. I don't particularly care for that. We would rather just get the people that we want to get, meaning from a reporter standpoint. But that's been the way it's been applied, and the reason that I'm sharing that with you is that I was surprised right off the bat, that Sid's name came up 
and who would be made available after the game because Sid had just done that thing the previous night. So I'm thinking to myself, Sid's got something he wants to say here. And sure enough, as you heard, he did. He found a way to get it out. He found a way to broach the subject. And of course, he found a way to be as diplomatic as ever. Even when he's being critical, he finds a way to try to make everybody happy because that's just who he is. Here's where I think he's wrong. And hear this out before you bite back at me. He is talking about the referees on the ice. Well, the first referee, meaning the one closest to the Tanev Tenorti hit, didn't even raise his arm. So when they confer, when they get together on the ice, and it's all four because we're potentially discussing a major penalty. It's both referees, both linesmen. Here's where they're trapped. If they have their little session and they determine that they're just not sure, but they think, uh, one guy thinks, another guy thinks maybe he saw something, and they call a minor penalty, but actually Tanev had done something evil, like brutally, like Tom Wilson level, okay? If that had been the case and they miss it, they've they've really made a mistake. The new, and this is for this year, the new NHL policy on majors is that if a major is called on the ice, then Toronto will review it. They'll look at it because they want to make sure they're not sticking a team with a five-minute major when it's not deserved. So they'll look at it. So if you're the four set of stripes on the rink and you're just not 100% sure, and if you think about the way they reacted to it immediately, they couldn't have been, you're going to call a major because you want to kick in that replay. In fact, officials around the league have been criticized for not calling majors exactly for that reason. Which, by the way, is what happened with Tom Wilson's disgusting hit on Brandon Carlo of the Bruins. Carlo's still not playing, by the way. If they call a minor, there's no ability for anyone, no eye in the sky, to be able to look at it and go, whoa, hey, no, this was bad. Kick him right out of the game, and we'll see him for an in-person hearing. It doesn't happen unless it's an automatic, unless, I'm sorry, unless it's a major on the ice. So if you're an official, you're actually just going to call a major anytime you see somebody hurt. You watch, this is going to become rampant across hockey. There's going to be majors all over the place. Instead of just using some common sense here, you pay these people, meaning you, the NHL, pay these people, these professional referees, the best at their craft in the world. I'm not saying that with any facetiousness. They are that. They work their tails off. I know some of them. 
one of them very well. They work their tails off to get to where they are. How about letting them have a little bit of judgment? How about if the four of them get together on the rink when they see that a player's been hurt, when they see that something possibly very bad has occurred, and let them make the decision as to whether or not they want to ask Toronto for help? They shouldn't have to call a major in the first place to be allowed to just pick up the phone. But that's what's there right now. So what happens now, you're you're Toronto, and you're already watching the game, obviously. That's the way these things are structured. But now you're on the phone with these guys, and these guys have already called a major. And if we've seen this in one sport, we've seen it in all of them. The default mode of any replay people is that they don't like and don't want to show up the people at the scene. So they enter this equation immediately with the thought process that, well, these guys called a major. Let's see why it's not a major. You follow what I'm saying here? There shouldn't have to be a preliminary decision. If it's something this significant, just use use all the weaponry at hand. That's part of the problem. The other part is what Sid described. And that's that you have to have crystal clear, black and white, or at least as much as you can have black and white in a sport as fast as hockey, as dangerous as hockey. But you should not have the biggest star in your league going public, and rightly so, and being correct in stating that we as players don't know what's a clean hit and what isn't. This should be the first point of order. This right here for the NHL for the NHLPA, Sidney Crosby has piped up and says that players don't know what's a clean hit and what isn't. But it won't be. They just don't. They don't react like that. They don't think like that. Sid is no different to them than a fourth-line guy. Not because he's Sid, but because they feel the same way about all stars. There's no such thing as stars. Everyone's a plugger in the NHL. You know what, though? There was one really good thing to come out of this night, and I'll share that right after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always 
by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. There are different ways that a team can react to having a lot of things go wrong. And the Penguins had a lot of things go wrong. Unwittingly, not of their own doing. Last night. And I I loved the way they reacted to it. I really did. I, I thought that their response overall was professional, passionate, and deserving of the two points. Rarely, rarely do you see a game where you feel the swing is going toward one team the way it was toward the Penguins after killing off that TANF penalty and getting the 2,800 people in there to go pretty much berserk. What a scene that was. And not have it play out in that favor. I thought the Penguins were impressive at both ends of the rink, in the neutral zone, uh, in goal, everywhere. The only thing they couldn't do is get that other goal that they needed against, I already forgot his name, Boston's third-string goalie that made his NHL debut. Boy, was that dude happy going off the ice. I mean, good for him. I'm not knocking him. He played really well. He won his first NHL game. I'm just saying I legitimately don't remember his name. That's the perils of doing this sort of thing instead of writing, right? I felt like this was a continuation of the way the Penguins played throughout the six-game winning streak, and not just because Boston had a really tough time scoring. The Penguins are now, if you go over their last seven games, they've given up 11 total goals. You know, including power plays and everything. That's not five on five, just 11 total goals over seven games. That, that's winning hockey. That's committed team-type hockey. I'm, I'm not alone in feeling this way. This is Mike Sullivan. I, I thought the players uh, played extremely hard tonight. You know, that was a real competitive game. It was a physical game on both sides. I thought, uh, I thought our guys competed extremely hard. They'll bounce back from this. They'll bounce back from it right away. I don't have any doubt about that. It's not going to be as easy as it would have been had, you know, anyone been certain that Malkin's going to be fine. Uh, that's a cruel blow, by the way. I mean, even if he just misses a game or two, although that would obviously be a pretty nice circumstance compared to longer term, uh, to have him performing the way he has and then to get hurt. Bluger being out for a while is probably going to end up being the bigger adjustment, though he's certainly not the bigger name. As we saw last night, lines end up being just a big mishmash. You're going to need players who are a little too comfortable being in passenger roles moving up closer to the front of the bus, even if it's just Bluger who's out. You're going to need somebody off of these taxi squads to be a little bit of a surprise. I liked Sam Lafferty's game for the first time in forever 
last night. Heck, Sullivan had him out for the final minute in the third period. Couldn't believe that, by the way. And he didn't disappoint, meaning Sam. You're going to need some more of that, but you know what? That can make you stronger, too. That can make you stronger, too. Overall, overall, extraordinarily good effort from the Penguins. Not good results. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do another one of these. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.